listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. We are now just two days away from Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We've also got some news and notes from the National Championship game. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? I think we have a lot of little indications pro-Rams, positive for the L.A. Rams. And there's a major shift. All half points are not created equal. The Rams were yesterday a three and a half point underdog. Now they're only a three point underdog. Let's start there with a preview. Yeah, and we're still waiting to get confirmation as to whether or not Jared Goff will be starting for the Rams. He was seen throwing at practice on Wednesday, but they did get some good news. Andrew Whitworth was activated from injured reserve, and he will be ready to go this Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks. When I think about Goff being seen throwing, I'm thinking about a kid who was like, an, you know, maybe just one or two arsonists, uh, arson investigations around him, and he and he was seen with a with a Zippo lighter after school. <laughs> I'm thinking, ooh, that doesn't sound good, right? I don't know if I want Goff throwing. Let's start there. Is Jared Goff with a hurt thumb, even if he's able to play, but he'll be compromised by some degree? He won't be 100. percent Does anyone think he'll be 100? percent No, no. Okay. Jared Goff with the pressure on in the playoffs. Jared Goff compromised. Is he better, really, than the backup quarterback? Matt, what do you think? I think he is. I mean, I think you're talking about a quarterback with zero NFL experience, a quarterback who went and played it inferior leagues after graduating from Wake Forest and and wasn't overly successful in any of those. So I think the, the step up to Goff, his experience, the fact that he's led a team to a Super Bowl in the past has to mean something. What's interesting to me about this number, though, is if Jared Goff is back, Whitworth is back, the team's healthy. These teams just played two weeks ago, and this line was one and a half. I think that's why we're seeing everyone eat that three and a half. So the game weeks ago was at Seattle? Yes. yes. And so the theory is these are the same, this is the same game. And I think even if Goff plays... I mean, what do we think? Faz, a point, point and a half, or his hindrance with the thumb? I think more. I think this but is But how much do you think he's worth not playing? Three and a half. Okay. And you think the thumb, even if he comes back, is what? And thus, you're saying that golf playing or not is maybe a point or a point and a half? A point and a half, yes. Okay. All right. Jonas, I test 
perspective of the fan, what do you think? I think Goff's an upgrade. I think they're better off with him starting the game. Um, Wolford gives you a little bit of athleticism, and he can scramble a little bit. And you have to come away, especially him re- re- responding from that early pick last week, and think, okay, at least he showed something. You know, worst case scenario, we'd be in, there's worse backup quarterbacks to have in that spot. But I just think they're better off with Jared Goff starting. Here's a theory uh, for you to disregard completely. Uh. Let me propose the following. Goff is the better quarterback, but the game plan the Rams would likely execute with the backup net-net is a better game for the Rams. So a lesser quarterback with a better game plan and when I say better, what I expect is a very low variance, very conservative. Let's make this a one possession. Who's going to win the game at the end of the game? It feels like the Rams with the better, I'll say the better coaching, though I'm a, I think, you know, cutting on Pete Carroll's kind of goofy, you know, future Hall of Famer. But I think it's almost like a Tomlin. Tomlin's going to go to the Hall of Fame too. But he's not great on the decimal points. He's not great. He's a big picture guy. And I think Pete Carroll's a big picture guy. He's an energy guy. They're very similar in a way, it seems like, Pete Carroll and, and Tomlin. And I don't want Tomlin against like Belichick, obviously in the extreme, when it's a, a game of decimal points. The analogy I'd say quickly is people will say the running back's out, who's a good running back, but it helps the team because mm. they're going to throw more. Even though the, the the running back being out forces them to throw more, and throwing more is better for the team that tends to run the ball because they got a key a good running back. This is a situation where the Rams are probably better off not thinking Goff can really do much more than a game manager. Why not just put a game manager in there and that uh, approach to the game net net helps the Rams? Does anyone think maybe they agree with it? I, I think so, especially because Wolford can run the ball. So obviously you can't do that the entire year, but we've seen that when you've got a team and a quarterback gets bought in and suddenly will rush the ball eight, ten times. Boy, is that difficult for the defense to stop that. I think in, in a game like this, you don't want to have a limited playbook. And the, the playbook is going to be much smaller with Wofford than it is with Jared Goff. And in this situation, the you know we're saying, well, as long as the Rams keep it one score the whole way and have this great game plan, maybe the low variance is okay with Wofford. But what if they what get down they gonna, 10? Yeah, yeah. What else are they going to get, though? I mean, when you're an underdog on the road, I mean, I know the road doesn't mean a ton this year, seemingly, but in the playoffs... You know, I think it's 538 adds 20% to home field advantage, whatever it is. History tells them it's 20% more valuable in the postseason. Now, this year we're thinking it's a point, so maybe it's 1.2 points, but still, it's a little bit more important, I think. How much of that is the frenzied playoff crowd, though? Uh, well, the theory is if the. So you're saying if there is an increase of home field advantage, it's going to come from the part of the home field advantage that's related to the crowd, and that's this year it may not be. Yes. I'm not even sure that it matters if we're talking 0.2 points, right? Agreed. So, I, I know this. I think it hurts the Browns. When the Browns have lost 17 straight games in Pittsburgh, you can't walk into that building and be feeling optimistic. 
But that's not the case in this Rams game. No, true. But I'm saying I think as we look at each, you know, each of these matchups are slightly different. Obviously, sure. Lambeau next week is going to be meaningful because of the slick grass. So, yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. So, Fez, we were looking at the total in this game. We were looking at the under. Any adjustment? There hasn't been. Now, this is interesting. So, nothing but good news for the Ram offense. Yeah, so wide receiver Cooper Cup activated. Left tackle Whitworth, key player, key loss. And they lost that, I, him, I think, the game before they played Tampa. And, uh, and ever since, the Rams have not had their best lineman. He's back this week. And then Goff being the third piece of the puzzle, why the lines drop from three and a half to three with him seemingly healthier. But lo and behold, the total should go up, it would seem, at least that half point. And it has not. It has stayed at 42 and a half. And I think that that's just a confirmation that the under was really strong. And I think the total would have kept dropping. And now with this news, it's stabilized at 42 and a half. How do we know that, though? We don't. So why are you saying that? Just my personal opinion. But but what you're saying is your personal opinion is what? Like, say your personal opinion again. That the under was super, super strong. Uh, uh, I, but, but that wouldn't... I don't know what super strong means, mm. right? The under could be that the bookies, the bookmakers themselves have a strong bias towards it where they like the under, or it could be that the action has been coming in on the under. What, what do you mean by strong? That it was the right side and that money. But who's who's assessing that it's so you? It doesn't matter that it's the right side. It's that money's coming in. Yes. Okay. So you're saying that two things happened at once. Money kept coming in on the under, and at the same time, some news came out that was positive of the over. One, the money would have brought it down a half a point. The news would have brought it up a half a point. Let me do the math real quick. That's even. Yes. Okay, and that line right now is at over under forty two and a half. Forty two and a half. Maddie, what do you think on this total? I'm a little nervous about this total because I think both of these teams could be prone to turnovers. That that defense of the Rams is so good in Seattle. Oh, like, with the conservative low variance game plan. <laughs> I guess not, but I don't know that that's what they're going to do. Uh, I hope they do, because I kind of like it. What do you got, Jonas? Well, you guys talked about uh, where the line is at, and it actually, we just saw a little bit of an adjustment on pregame.com. The line now sits at Seattle minus 3, minus 115. So that just changed in the past couple of moments, meaning I, I would assume that more money, a little bit of money has come in on Seattle. Yeah, and we'll, last thing on the segment is typically lines move a half a point in the NFL. And NBA and college football and college basketball. Three becomes three and a half, becomes four, four and a half, five, et cetera. Okay. Three is such a key number. Now, what does key mean? Key means that it's a margin of victory more than any other number. Think about it 17, 14, et cetera. Well, these days, 30, 27. Okay. So they don't want to move that full half point from three to three and a half because it's worth about 20 cents. Now, a move from five to five and a half is worth about six cents, right? So the move of three off of three is like three times plus more important than a move from five to five and a half. Would you agree with that, Fed? I would, yes. Okay. Thus, they don't, if they think there's a little smidge, as Jonas said, and it was very savvy, of money on 
the Seattle Seahawks, they're not going to go to three and a half again. They're going to go up a little bit and make you lay 115 instead of the typical 110. So there are two ways they can adjust the line. One is the lay price. The other is the spread. And if you think about what a money line is, a money line is just a lay price without a spread. The spread is pick them. Pretty good at that, Matty. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. But I would have never been a good teacher. Because if... I was in a classroom right now, and someone started asking me questions. I'd be like, Jesus, it's obvious, and I'd storm out. <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So, RJ, on Sunday, the New Orleans Saints, the two-seed in the NFC wildcard playoff weekend, will be playing host to the Chicago Bears. And right now, on pregame.com, New Orleans is a 10.5-point favorite. So, Fez, Drew Brees, season started a lot of people, Matty Holt was one of them. He was saying noodle arm. Drew Brees is a noodle arm. I said, I'm not a scout. I'm going to look at the stats. And Drew Brees is the second best quarterback over the last two years, and it's not even close. It's been Patrick Mahomes, then Drew Brees. Deshaun Watson's good, maybe. He's not even close in those two years. And go down the list. Dak, whoever you want to put on the list. But you get old at some point. At some point, you hit the wall, as they say. Matt thought that was the case. A lot of people did. I think the majority did in the media. Some of us were you know, still holding out hope. Though I guess you could call us the ones that were correct. Where's your head at right now with Drew Brees? And obviously, Matt, there's a adjustment off of Drew Brees off this injury. Because clearly, versus Kansas City, he was still hobbled. Looked a little better, but not as much as you might think from the scoreboard since. What do you think? I certainly don't think he's 100%. Um, historically, it's helped him playing at home. Obviously, you know, the aging quarterback in the cold weather doesn't help. But this it should be an advantageous situation. The problem is they've utilized Alvin Kamara, who's been so amazing since his return from the injury. Kamara obviously expected to play and, and you know, make it through and, the and this COVID like protocols. Ten, this would be like the 10th day, then he's yeah. able to play. Okay. Still has to get through the positive, t- I mean, the negative test. He has to have the negative test now, but... Um, Man, I'll tell you, I'm not sure about Drew Brees. I just think they started to utilize one of the best weapons in football, Alvin Kamara more. I was hoping you'd want to bet me that Kamara wasn't going to be able to play (laughs) because of our COVID bet we had. Yeah. You know what's funny? This is the truth, Jonas. We were doing this on the podcast, the Dream Preview, and uh, that's a deep dive we do, and it's up there. And You you can actually get the Straight Out of Vegas podcast. Just search straight out of Vegas for R.J. Bell, and you can get the dream preview same way with R.J. Bell. And I just had I was on Boston radio earlier that day, maybe or the week before, and they were telling me that Cam Newton. This was when Cam was on the COVID could play that upcoming Sunday, and it didn't make any sense to me. They explained it. I came in and tried to bet. You know, started betting these guys. We only bet 100 each. Here's what's funny. Now, Matt does not take losing well at all. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll pay you, but I'm calling the league office tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm going to check on this. So, I mean, and then next week he walks in, doesn't have a note, not a peep out of him. You know what that means. <laughs> I like a guy that doesn't lose gracefully, right? I mean, I don't know gracefully is fine, but I want you to fight 
whenever if it's if you have a chance to still win, I like someone that keeps fighting. You know, I'm. Uh, I mean, geez, I guess I, this seems like it's an intimation to the election. It's not at all. I'm talking about sports, and to me. One of the plays that made Tom Brady the GOAT, if, if I was telling like Tom Brady stories, I would tell the play that was the last play of the game when they were undefeated against the Giants. They were on their own 25-yard line. They were down, what was it, four or whatever, and there was like 12 seconds left. Randy Moss was on that team. He ran a streak down the left side. Brady threw it about 65 yards in the air. And literally, it went off his fingertips. Inches, yeah. You remember that play? On like the yep. 30 of the Giants, if he would have caught that ball, he would have went out of bounds, they would have kicked a field goal, and it would have been insane. And the only way they had a chance, maybe it was 1-200, in 200, was Brady was totally laser-beam focused. And you know what? The same trait is what allowed him to win the Atlanta Super Bowl. When everything seemed futile... Everything seemed lost. He still was focused. Yeah, how many good quarterbacks down three to twenty-eight would say, "You know what? You know, you just see Peyton Manning like shaking his head. This wasn't much." Consternation, I think, on his face. When things aren't going well, Goff doesn't exactly have good facial um, appearances. No, he's kind of got the Jay Cutler thing going on a little bit. But you know, that's such a paradox, though, because on one hand, you don't want someone that takes bad things easily. Like Bobby Knight kicking over stuff, you're like, he cares, he cares. But if Goff is like mad, we're being critical of him. Yeah, that's a good point. Like Belichick was throwing the headsets, and people are like, he's still got the fire in the belly. That's yeah. good. So I, I don't know how that goes. Jonas, what's your thoughts on Drew Brees specifically and this game in general? I just wonder about the playoff history of the Saints. I think this is clearly his last run. I think he's done after this season. And we've just seen this team historically invent new ways to lose games in playoff games, and especially playoff games at home. The last two, the Rams, the the, the Vikings last year, Kirk Cousins. Um, I think that they're – a little flawed, and I'm curious to see how they perform in the Superdome with only 2,000 fans there because you got Sean Payton saying that he was trying to advocate for them to put 50,000 fans there, which maybe is him acknowledging they need whatever help they can get at home. Okay, so you said, I think this team is flawed. Yes. We're talking, obviously, about the Saints. Are they flawed in general, or are they flawed in the playoff environment, in the playoff context? I think they're flawed in the playoff context, and I also think Drew Brees is a flawed quarterback at this point in his career. Okay, so let's talk about the team in general. Matt's like shaking his head, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> now, are you, are you like, where are you at with Brees specifically at this point? I mean, he might not be 100%. But do you think he's a detriment, a negative for the team? Is he like where does he rank amongst the? Uh, what do we got? We got fourteen quarterbacks now, right? In the playoffs, where does he rank amongst the fourteen? Uh, I mean, is he better than middle of the pack? Yeah, no, he's middle of the pack. I was gonna say like seven. Okay, okay. So, forgetting Breeze for a second, Jonas, what do you see as 
the flaw? Like, like, can you express it in words? Just in watching him, it's clear that he can't get the ball downfield. They're not an explosive offense. They're more of a got to pick up, you know, yards here, yards there. Um, Alvin Kamara with that six touchdown performance. It wasn't like Drew Brees was responsible for all those fifty whatever points they put up on Christmas Day. I think it was against the Vikings. That was more of the Alvin Kamara going off for six touchdowns. And I just feel like this is not a team that if they need to get you a a bunch of points in a hurry, that that's the way they're going to play football. Now, I think Sean Payton knows it. I think if you just watch Drew Brees, the way he moves the ball down the field, we've seen remnants of it or examples of it rather late in the season where he shows the arm fatigue. And in just watching them, especially this season, it's clear to me that they don't have the ability to stretch the field like they once did back in the day. Let me pose this. What is the purpose of having strong characteristics in the NFL on offense? And let's say strong characteristics is a great offensive line, a quarterback that can throw downfield, a quarterback that can scramble. Think of like the six, seven, eight, a running back that can run, a running back that can catch. All the things you want on an offense. The ultimate goal is when you aggregate those things in a 60-minute game, you score points. I don't really care how a team scores points if they're able consistently over a 16-game season to score points. How's the Saints in point scoring? Or Let's look at football outsiders, Fez. Where's the Saints offense? Number seven. Okay. So, I guess my question is, Jonas, do you believe that number seven offense can't win the Super Bowl or is you know flawed in a way that makes it hard to win the Super Bowl? Or do you believe there's something about that seven that, that isn't really true? I think they can absolutely win a Super Bowl. Um, I just think the strength of this team is more so defensively than it is offensively. And I, and I just wonder if the defense has an off game, do they have the type of offense with Drew Brees at this point in time where they're able to come back and, and win these games? And it's got a little, it's not is drastic because I don't think he's fallen off as much, but it's got a little bit of a 2016 Denver Broncos feel to where they're mm. going to win, but it's clear the quarterback has seen better days and they've got to win a specific type. Do me a favor, Fez. Look up QBR for Payne Manning his last year and look up um, uh, Drew Brees' current QBR. And, and, he, and he's, Brees is number six for right, the year. So Brees is number six right now. Let's see where Payne Manning was. Maddie Holt, you got something. I like the Bears plus 10 in this spot. And to me, it's all about the Bears offense. You know, ever since Mitchell Trubisky came back and they gave him more freedom to kind of make some calls and adjustments at the line himself, he's he's had a, over 70% completions in four of the last five games. And the Chicago Bears offense has scored over 30 points. An offense that was anemic all year has scored over 30 points in four of their last five games to end the season. So I like what I'm seeing from the Chicago Bears offense, you know, the second half of the season. And I think if nothing else, when you have an offense that's on fire, that's playing really well, and you're catching 10 points, even if you're stuck 14 late, that back door is going to be wide open. Total in this game, Saints-Bears is only 47. So getting 10 points with a below average points total averages about 49 at this point. Regular season, postseason totals are always a little... Yeah, it's a good point. So this is, let's call it average. Yeah. And what I'm saying is it'd be getting double digits with an only an average number of points expected. And in a way, it doesn't matter if it's average or not, If it's because really it's just the math of 
47 is expected for whatever reason. You're getting 10. Yeah. There's not a much margin for error to for the game to stay under and for you to lose, though it can happen, obviously. If you like the Bears, do you like the under with it? Is it correlated in your mind? No, to me it's not. Because, again, because of the offensive about efficiency the, the last five weeks, especially for the last five weeks prior to the Green Bay game, I think, again, they could be down 14 late and they're going to – you know, there's 45 seconds left to score. They need to go 50 yards for a touchdown to backdoor it. I think they have the offense to do it right now.